Thanks for pressing play on the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you how to build your dream job while keeping your day job. I'm the show's executive producer and co-host, Iron Mike Stedman, a Third Shift Entrepreneur with a knack for boxing, social impact, and podcasting. In this episode, Todd and I discuss values versus skills and how we get paid for the value we bring, not the skills. No more excuses. It's time to get to work. Let's go. Hey, everybody, this is Todd Connor, and you're listening to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast, where we talk about how you can keep your job, keep safe, stable, secure, but still start that thing that you've been dreaming about starting. And we think this is a better way to do entrepreneurship. It's not about risking it all. It's not about jumping off a cliff. It's not about cashing it all in. That's that's dumb. I think there's a better way to do it. And that's what the third shift entrepreneur is all about. And we're here to talk about it. And I'm here with my friend, my battle buddy, Mike Seven. Mike, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Todd? I'm trying to stop myself from starting another business. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got another one brewing? What's up? Yeah. Uh, branded podcast company. <laughs> okay. I realize I like doing podcasts and that a lot of people want to do podcasts. And so, you know, you can't. Everybody knows that like the advertisement way is not the best way to make money right away. There's a lot of people jumping in the game, but helping people launch and get started in the podcasting, I have this idea of working with brands to help them launch podcasts. I mean, listen, like here's what I think about that. I think that's brilliant because you do podcasts. I'm going to say some obvious things, but if you're listening to this, I, I want you to maybe think about what is it that you're doing today that is really that you're good at? So as I think about you, Mike, I'm like, okay, Mike Stedman, he does podcasts. They're good. He knows how to produce them. He knows the technology. He knows the show flow. He knows how to build the show notes. He knows how to coach the guests. He knows how to the host, you know, he knows how to do all these things. So it only makes sense that you would begin to say, huh, maybe all this expertise that I've got that I've proven, it's not just expertise I have, it's proven uh, that I could monetize that, you know, I mean, I called you and we wanted to start this thing and was like, Hey, you're expert at this. Can, can you help? And you're like, yep. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, we talk about entrepreneurship and it sounds like some big idea. It's really like, what are you good at? And listening to the market. Cause like you get a lot of calls about, Hey, Mike, like help me with my podcast. Right. So that's a signal that the market is telling you, Hey, we need some of what you've proven. Uh, you can do, you know, and I think it's like, I, we talk about this as like the push versus pull. I think we talked about that on, uh, our last uh, episode, you know, the push is like, you get out there and you put a, put together a podcast. The pull is people start asking you like, Hey, how'd you do that? Well, that's a signal that you've got something that you can monetize, you know, and that's the beginning of how you can build a business. So we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, I, I'd love to see you do that. No, I think you're already doing it. I do think it ties into our top today, the whole concept of like value versus skills that we're going to dive into. And I know for me, one of my values is just authenticity, right? Not faking the funk, just being open and honest and working with people to help them do that. Yeah. I mean, so, so the setup for this is, um, you know, the value that you can bring to an organization or a customer versus, you know, a skill set that you have or a credential that you have. Okay. So let me just set this up a little bit because I think definitions are important. So historically, I think if we're coming up in the world, you know, we live in this kind of achievement paradigm where if I get good grades, then I can go to a good college. 
you know, maybe get some scholarship dollars. If I, if I am in college and I get good grades and do the right things and whatever, I can sort of get a job. And that's a philosophy that is sort of inculcated from an early age. And that philosophy, by the way, will, that will get you to things like your first job, your, maybe your second job, like just being a hard worker and being good at what you are asked to do. Um, that's important, actually. I think that's a good, that's not a bad way to live. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, in particular, a third shift entrepreneur or starting something, no one cares about your performance to date. Like they don't actually care about your credentials per se. What they do care about is, have you helped other people solve exactly the kind of problem that I am now facing? And can you prove it? And you can't tell me that it, it, that you've done it. Like, do you have validation from someone besides you that you've done it? Or if it's, that's, that's in the case of like a consulting business. If it's a product business, does the product work? And are people attesting to the fact that it works? And if, if it does, then like, I want it. And if it doesn't, then like, it doesn't matter what your credentials are. It doesn't matter how hard you've tried, you know, it, it just, it, it's only, it's sort of a zero sum game of like either the thing works and it adds value, therefore I want it or it doesn't. And I think this is a little bit of a mindset shift for people um, for whom, um, you know, your credentials sort of don't just sort of don't matter once you sort of want to step out into the world with your big idea. And here, the, so that's either the good news or the bad news. It's the bad news. If you think I want to be, you know, my past should sort of propel me forward. Um, but the good news is if you're good at something today, like you're qualified, like, so that's actually the great news is like, you can jump in there, give something that's really valuable. And then like, boom, you're qualified, you know, because people just want to know that it's available. And, um, so, so I think this is a mindset shift. We talk about situational value. So if you can bring situational value, then you're going to beat, um, the person that's quote unquote highly qualified who hasn't proven or hasn't demonstrated in a situational way, how they can solve that particular problem. This, I don't know if this is making sense, but I see this a lot. No, it is. And I think that you're right about the mindset shift. And I think it's why entrepreneurial thinking is so important. Once you understand what value means and how you can bring it to a company, it changes your whole perception as an employee. It changes your whole perception as an entrepreneur, because now you know how to position yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're focused on how can I help my company? How can I help this potential client win the day? These are the skills I bring to the table. But collectively, this is the value that we add to the endeavor. Yeah. I mean, when I so when I started um, this business, the Collective Academy, um, which at the time we called it Flank Five Academy and business names sort of like don't really matter when you start it. You sort of <laughs> they come and go, at least in consulting. Um but we started it and, you know, we're a, a young, you know, company. It's really just an idea, right? And, which is, and by the way, I was working full time as I was kind of pursuing this. But the idea was in my mind, I had a specific idea that leadership development programs that are run by universities um, leave something on the table, you know, which is that leadership. And this was my thinking back in the day. And it's actually still my thinking, but that leadership is not something that you should just go to a classroom and and deliver. It's something that should actually be sort of real world applied. We should hear from people that are facing current day challenges and all this stuff. So I had this idea that, you know, leadership development programs, I'm looking around the landscape and this is because I wanted to be a leadership 
development kind of, you know, consultant and coach. Um, and I was doing some of that, uh, but I was trying to figure out how to do it at scale. And so I went to um, uh, an organization, Crane Chicago Business, that I thought, you know, could have an opportunity to create a program that they could monetize around leadership development. Because I basically, I went to them and this was the, this was the pitch. But I said, you know, hey, you guys have an amazing audience. You're the go-to business journal in Chicago. You have connections to all the, you know, CEOs in Chicago. Um, you've got, you know, eyeballs of everyone that's sort of on the move. And, you know, you have the 40 under 40 list. You have, you know, people are paying attention to what you do. Have you ever considered offering leadership development? Because you sort of live at the center of business. And in particular, leadership development that isn't academically based, but where we go hear from the mayor and we get to hear from, you know, the CEO of local banks and we get to go get backstage, you know, visits to like the Goodman Theater and, you know, things that are, you know, cultural destinations in Chicago, you know, and I said, you, you guys could uniquely do that. And if you do it right, you can, you know, make money um, and I can help you do it, you know, and that is a conversation. That's all it is, is a conversation. But I've presented very much from their point of view um, and I was, I, I was thinking about this from their point of view. I really was like, you guys have an amazing opportunity and I think people would really love this. And I know because I've done things like this, that I can deliver that, you know, and when you are in that kind of a conversation, it, it ceases to be competitive. It's not like, okay, well, that's interesting. Let's talk to 10 other people that have that same idea. No one has that idea. So, you know, you can call this consultative selling, but you're coming in to an environment and presenting a really specific solution where, by the way, you know, the best kind of business to run is one where you can offer to help people make money. You know, if you can help generate revenue for a client, that's a really interesting conversation. It's like, Hey, I have a way that you can make more, make more money. That's more, that's more attractive than here's how you can save money. That's more attractive than how you can be more efficient. It's like, I have a way for you to make money is <laughs> always like a good, you know, sales pitch. Um, and, and add value, you know, and I think when you begin to have those kinds of uh, conversations, you know, the conversation moves from, well, what are your credentials? And it moves into, you know, situational expertise, right? And, and the situation is like, I've painted a picture about an opportunity that you have. Um, and so therefore, you know, I'm kind of leading in this conversation. So people have huge opportunities you know, and let's go back to your podcast, you know, uh, business, like how do you go in and help companies showing up to a company and saying, uh, you know, and this is like a bold move, but I think this is the way you do it. Showing up to a company and saying, Hey, I've, you know, let me produce, I've already produced a sample episode for you about what your company podcast could look like. And I've used your branding and I've thought hard about your, the tone of voice, given what I know about your marketing strategy. I've thought hard about the marketplace in which you are, Here's, I, I came up with the sample first season guest list and it's all of your leading clients. You know, you put something in front of a client that's so attractive and it's really situational and it's really specific and it's all about them. This is important. It's all about them. It's actually not even about you. It's all about them. And they look at that and they're having a reaction like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, compare that to, you know, emailing a resume and saying, hey, I'm an expert at this you know, call me if you think I, you know, I can, I, you know, you tell me what you think my expertise means for you. You know, no, one, that's too much work. You know, no one wants to do that. And so that's this shift from look at my resume, which is a backward looking document. Look at what I've done previously 
to, you know, Hey, I can solve a very specific problem that you have right now. And I've really thought of, I've thought about it as much as you have. Um, you know, that's like, that's, you know, that's a really powerful way to kind of, um, start something, you know, and that's that in, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't even have to be a conversation about starting a business. It's just, I see how I could add value to you. And I've thought about it. And then, you know, the business actually follows from that. It doesn't have to, you know, I mean, as I was having these conversations, uh, and I still do this with organizations where I see opportunities I, and I'm not even thinking necessarily like I'm trying to sell something. I'm just seeing opportunities and I have a point of view and then I bring the point of view for the things I really understand, which is, and then there's a lot of things I don't understand. So I don't have those conversations. Right. But, but if we're, if you're listening to this, you've got some sort of unique perspective that can really begin to, you know, inform. And I, you know, again, I've seen you, you know, do this, Mike, a number of times with your, you know, expertise. Yeah. And for our product based product based listeners out there that have like consumer packaged goods or company, this applies as well. You know, like if you have a product that maybe does topical pain relief, right. For people, you know, what is the value you bring? You're saving people money on having to go to the doctor or having to go over the counter uh, medication and prescriptions. If somebody's run a coffee, like we know we talk about dope coffee on here, right? If you're spending $5 twice a day on specialty coffee, because you just enjoy it and you can purchase something for $15 that you can make at home, right? How many trips to the coffee shop are you saving that person, right? That's the kind of value that you're bringing. And you could tie it to monetary. You can tie it to uh, the experience, right? It could be some deep intimate that somebody has, but just kind of flipping the script and saying, how am I helping this person, this individual, this company win the day? Mm-hmm. And I was talking to uh, a woman who's um, starting a nonprofit or wants to start a nonprofit and, um, and she was sort of, she had a real clear vision about what it was that she wanted to do. It involved like an after school kind of mentoring program. Um, and she had a real clear vision as to what it was that she wanted to do, who she, who it was that she wanted to serve, sort of a vision as to what the program would look like. But then she was sort of holding herself back and saying, but I don't have a master's degree in education. You know, and those are, uh, you know, she was moving from like actually having a situational answer and pulling herself back and into a question of like, I don't have, um, you know, the skill set, quote unquote. And the skill set is just solving the problem. You know, it's not a credential, you know, and I and I said, well, you know, I don't know, you know, unless someone else tells you, I, I would love to do this because you've proven that you're great at it, but I won't because you don't have a master's degree, you know, don't, don't self-impose a constraint. Don't self-impose a reason why you can't because you think of like, because you compare yourself to someone else that has done it and they maybe have that degree, um, you know, start and solve the challenge, you know, solve the problem. In this case, I was like, look, just get a group together, start doing this after school program, start small, get some people that have been through it. And then, then you've got a story to tell, which is like, well, I've done this for, you know, five students in an after school program and it worked. And here are videos from them saying how, you know, improved their lives are as a result. And now I'd like to get some funding. You know, and that's that. And and again, if, 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 if you're in that conversation, compare that conversation, right. Let's say that she's talking to a foundation who would fund something like this, you know, comparing that conversation of here's what I just got done doing with, you know, five high school students. Um, and here's videos from them and here's how I do it. And here's, and here's how it worked and here's why it worked. 
compare that with someone that comes and says, I have an idea of something I would like to start at some point, but when, and, and I'll start it once you give me money. You know, the credibility of the person who's done it and who cares what their degrees are at that point. I mean, wh what we care about is that they've done it and that they can talk about it and that it works and it's repeatable versus someone that's like, I'm look, I have a lot of degrees and I haven't proven that I've done that. But if you give me money, then I'll go do it. You know, that's just not the way it works in the entrepreneurship economy. It is how it works in a lot of the employment economy. Um, actually, you know, I mean, people will say like, okay, well, um, for this job that we want to hire you for, if you we're looking to see if you've done other jobs in sort of a linear way, in a job description way that look like that. And then that's how you move forward. But this is different with entrepreneurship. And then um, the good news is that you can move really fast. You can start super quick. You just got to prove that you've, you can solve it. And if you can, then like, boom, you're, you're in business. I think this is going to tie into a future episode. Where we talk about minimal viable experience, but the easy way to kind of solve that lack of skills is run a beta, run a beta version of whatever you want. Like we talked about in the last episode, the nonprofit, whatever, get the experience, right? Grab like four kids, run them through the program, six weeks, you learn, they learn, you figure it out. Now you got something you can demonstrate and you're a lot more confident because here's the thing, Todd, too, even with like the skills, to be honest, your prospects and your clients don't really know. You know, if you can demonstrate, you kind of talk it up, you position it well, nobody really sees behind the veil. You know, as mm -hmm. far as we're concerned, it's the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you, you pop around the corner, you find out it's one guy pulling a bunch of strings, but nobody knows that, right? Mm -hmm. So again, just, you know, you do the best you can with what you have, get started, you know, and be confident. It's so, it's so important though. But it, I, your point about proving that you can do it is so important because the worst thing you can do is, you know, create some big sales pitch and sell something. And then like, you can't deliver. I mean, that's just, you know, first of all, that lacks integrity. Um, second of all, it's embarrassing. Third of all, you've wasted your, your time on all the, <laughs> all the wrong things, you know? And so I think, it, you know, going back to my example with uh, the business, you know, with the collective Academy and Crane Chicago business, and then launching, you know, this leadership Academy, which is seven years later, it's still in existence. It's a fantastic program and gets real results. Um, you know, I had been tinkering on the leadership development model for, you know, a couple of years prior to that and, and had, I mean, really 10 years prior to that, if you want to go back. Um, and I really had a strong point of view about, okay, this is great. Here's how you bring people together and develop them as people and as leaders and as humans. Um, and so I, I knew I was in that conversation knowing I know what I'm doing now. I haven't done it in this way, but what I really need is someone to help me get, you know, kind of butts and seats. So that's when I, that's what I need in this is like, how do we have a, a, you know, it's a channel partnership, right? That's, this is where we get into business lingo, but I need a channel partner because I know how I can do this thing, but I, I, but I don't know how to get people to sort of sign up, but this partner can, um, and they don't know how to do the thing. I know how to do the leadership thing. They know how to get people engaged. So you know, but, but going into those conversations, knowing that you're, you can do it is just, you know, is really important. So this idea of like designing your own internship, um, which is like a real, give yourself a real world internship. You know, you got a big idea. Okay. Go prove it. And we'll talk about that on our podcast next week. But, um, that's, you know, but again, if we can solve it, then we're situationally expert and, and uh, what we've done previously just doesn't really seem to be relevant in that moment. It's all about, you know, what you've done. Um, but if you can prove that you can solve it, then like you're in business. So our listeners are, they're listening and they're saying, Todd, I hear you. How does this tie to money? 
How do I get paid? So you're telling me I get paid for value and not skills? Make it tangible for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, if you just show up in a conversation and say, here's what I've done in the past, that's good for a job interview. That's that's just not going to advance you when you want to start something. When you want to start a business, you know, you got to show up and and solve a problem. But if you can do that, then then you can charge for it, you know. And you know, how you come up with a sophisticated pricing model is a little bit, you know, challenging, but the key is get people engaged and excited about the problem, you know, that, that, you know, what you're doing, you can solve this thing. You know, that's the point. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm excited. You, you can help us generate revenue. You can solve this problem. You know how to run an after school program. Um, and you get people engaged and excited about that. And yeah, you might do it for free for a little bit um, because you got to prove that you can, but if you're sitting there waiting and saying, I won't prove I can until I get paid, that's the wrong philosophy. This is not a chicken and an egg game. Entrepreneurship is not a chicken and an egg game. You got to go first. You always go first. And uh, sometimes that means that you do it for free because you're proving to yourself that you know what you're doing. It's not even proving to other people. Now, at some point, if you're doing it for other people and you're, and it's adding value, then like, of course you charge money, you know? Um, and the first time you can charge money, I'm not saying don't, you know, don't ever charge people like, but make sure that you can do it for yourself. And that might mean doing it for free. Uh, until you have your sea legs and then you have confidence and you're like, yeah, I can do this. And then I'm going to go to you and I'm going to charge you. And then, you know, finding out what your right price is, is its own journey. Um, and we're going to talk about that on future episodes. That's a longer conversation, but, um, but yeah, you can make money day one if you can prove that you know what you're doing. So in closing, think about the, we get paid for the value we bring and not necessarily the skills. Our value is not determined by our salary or our experience per se. Your value is determined by the assets you bring as compared to the people who can solve it and what it would otherwise cost. You know, how That's much does exactly. it cost to not have like somebody who knows how to do this skill set, who knows how to increase your margins, who knows how to uh, bring this product or service to you? I don't know. You know, you gotta focus on the value. I mean, this is like, this is what's so exciting about being an entrepreneur is if you can, if you can come in and solve a $150,000 problem, like you get paid $150,000. It's not about how long you've been doing it. It's about the size of the opportunity that you can create. And if it's a, if you, if you're solving a big problem or creating a big opportunity, then like you can get paid big right away. And that's it. You know? So, I mean, this is the fun stuff. And, um, it's not because it's about making money, but I mean, sure, that's, that's great. But it's, it's about, um, getting rewarded, getting valued for the real value that you bring. And that's just, it's different when you're working for yourself than in a traditional employment environment, for sure. For our listeners, thanks again for tuning in, getting all this knowledge and wisdom dropped by Todd. I'm just, I'm the (laughs) co-pilot. I'm just here to help guide the conversation, but I need y'all to do us a favor. I need you to subscribe to the Third Shift Entrepreneur Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. Your reviews are greatly appreciated. Be sure to also visit thirdshiftsentrepreneur.com where you can purchase the book, sign up for our newsletter, and hear tips and pointers that will help you keep your day job while building your dream job. You can also purchase the book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and other major book outlets. Thanks for tuning in and see you on the next episode where we'll be discussing the third shift mindset.